HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Patina Events at Brooklyn Botanic Garden, an idyllic location for weddings, corporate events, and parties of any style. Visit us at patinaevents.com. Hey there, HRN listeners. This is Harry Rosenblum, host of Feast Your Ears. I know that news about COVID-19 and the coronavirus has made a lot of people nervous about getting sick. This collective unease has already had a big impact on our restaurant and food communities, especially in New York's Chinatowns. We hope that now more than ever, our listeners will join us in supporting restaurants and the hospitality industry at large. Many of the restaurants we love are small, independent businesses. That means that even one or two bad weeks can put them in jeopardy of cutting staff, limiting hours, or even having to close for good. As long as we're still able, we should go out to eat and support our favorite restaurants. I think it's also great to remember that hospitality professionals are really good at hygiene and food safety practices. Long before there were guides all over the news about how to properly wash your hands, they were already experts at hygiene. Guests' health is tantamount to successful hospitality in any restaurant. And even if you don't want to go out, you can still support restaurants by ordering delivery, buying gift cards, and giving them some extra love on social media. What better way to handle a crisis than by supporting those in our own community? If we don't support them now, they might not be there when this crisis is over. Join HRN in supporting restaurants during this time, especially our friends in Chinatowns around the country. Thanks for listening. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Greg Benson. Southern Teague is at home. He's looking after his health. He's doing well. Uh, we wish him the best, and I'm coming to you remotely from my apartment in Bushwick. Uh, Heritage Radio Network shut at its studios temporarily out of concern for public health, which is why you don't hear people eating pizza in the background, and why I sound a little different today. And look, I know that this is the part of the show where Southern and I usually chat and banter and try to crack each other up, because the guiding principle of the speakeasy is to keep it fun. Uh, We want to be a distraction from all the hard work that we do all day, day in and day out, because frankly, even on a good day, there's a ton of bullshit out there and we want to be an oasis from that. We want to be a place kind of like a bar where people can come and laugh and forget. Um, this week, the bullshit reached a critical mass. Um, in fact, it went past critical mass. We are all 
drowning in bullshit, and there's no point in insulting your intelligence by asking you to deny what you can see with your own two eyes. It is awful out there. Businesses are projected to be down 80% in New York City alone, and from the bottom of my heart, I am so very sorry for everything that all of you are going through right now. Um, we have John DeBerry from the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation joining us today by phone from a very safe distance. He's going to talk to us about what people in our industry can do to get help and what you can do if you are healthy to help others. But first, at the top of the show, I just want to give you all a few resources that you can tap into if you are one of the thousands of industry folks from around the country and you've suddenly found yourself without a job. Uh, first of all, look up the USBGs, that's the U.S. Bartenders Guild's Bartender Emergency Assistance Program, B-E-A-P. Uh, they have a form on their website that you can use if you need to. If you are a spouse or if you have a parent that are, is a bar professional and is out of work, you can use it too. And you do not need to be a member of the guild to apply. It is open to everybody. Uh, also check out the One Fair Wage Emergency Fund at ofwemergencyfund.org. Uh, this is open to all tipped employees, not just restaurant folks like us, but everybody across the gay economy. Um, if you're a New Yorker, uh, like we are, you can contact the Service Workers Coalition. They're a fantastic group committed to getting food, medicine, and basic necessities to everyone in our community who needs it. You can find them on Instagram at Service Workers Coalition. And speaking of New York, the NYC Office of Nightlife has a survey going for workers, businesses, and freelancers that are affected by everything that's going on, and I highly encourage you to use some of your upcoming quarantine hours to give them a little update on how your lives are going. If you want to, and if you have the resources right now to give back, you can Venmo the Service Workers Coalition at BK Service Coalition. Uh, also, from now until the end of the month, Jameson is going to be matching every donation given to the USBG's emergency program up to $100,000. And if all you have to give right now is opinions, don't worry, because I got you on that one, too. If you want to call Congress and tell them, hey, make sure that bailout package you're working on includes everybody who's getting screwed here and not just a payroll tax or people with stock options, you can reach the Capitol switchboard at 202-224-3121. If you're a New Yorker and you want to call Andrew Cuomo and ask him what he's doing to help small businesses like, I don't know, for example, every bar in the city, you can call him at 518 518- Four seven four eight three nine zero, And if you would love, love to talk to Bill de Blasio and ask him, hey, what's up with that rent forgiveness legislation already? You can call him at 212-NEW-YORK or just by doing 311 from anywhere inside the five boroughs. I'm going to have all of that information, which I know was a lot, on my Instagram page at 100ProofGreg. That's 100ProofGreg. It'll also be up on the Speakeasy's Instagram page, but for now, let's talk to John. Yeah, hey, John, how are hey, you? Hey, it's John DeBerry. Hey, hey, um, thanks very much for jumping on. I appreciate it. Sure. And for everything that you're doing, really. Yeah, it's, uh, I wish I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have to, but uh, here we are. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the, that's, 
that's been this whole week is like, I wish I didn't have to, but here it is, you know? Yeah. Um, well, Hey, let's jump right in. Um, cool. how are you doing? Like, how's, how are you holding up? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I'd say I have a, um, to, to not go into too much tedious detail. I have a rather nervous disposition, um, on a good day. And I think that there's an irony in that. And I think a lot of people like me are sort of preparing for (laughs) catastrophe on a (laughs) daily basis. So I actually do really well. Um, the crisis mode, uh, has been, um, has worked, has been working for me. It's, uh, you know, I, I wish that we could all be living normally and everything was fine and people weren't, you know, suffering right now, but, um, it would be, I think it would be, uh, pretty tough to have nothing to do at this time. So it's, you know, the days are, are long, but they go by like very quickly because of just the amount of activity that we're doing. And just, it's so, it's so great to see, to be sort of the witness to a lot of the out, outpouring of support from, from everybody, from, you know, from huge, uh, you know, brands and private family foundations to individuals who are reaching out being like, how can I help? Uh, you know, volunteer, and then we've gotten in individual donations. I haven't hit, I haven't refreshed the page in a few what few hours, so let me see where we're at. So we're at one hundred fourteen thousand dollars in individual donations, and about sixty percent of those are uh, small donations, less than fifty dollars. So you know, we're talking about people who are doing what they can to to help support the industry at this time because it's just such a vital. Um, and uh, central part of our of our culture and in people's lives, it, you know, the restaurant industry provides so much joy and, and deliciousness to people. Um, and so, being very suddenly without it is uh, making people realize just just how how much they, how valuable it is. Absolutely, I mean, it's one thing that I think a lot of people in our industry one of the one of the big gripes that comes up is that i think a lot of people take restaurants and restaurant workers for granted a lot of the time and it's been one of the silver linings of this thing to see the outpouring of support from everywhere yeah. people suddenly realizing that oh these are these are real people that provided joy and like you said deliciousness to my life and it's not here anymore um exactly. but let's but let's back up for a second. So, who, who, who are you, and what on a normal week do you do? Well, okay, who am I? So, my name is John DeBerry, and uh, right now my main, my main primary occupation is uh, the co-founder and, and uh, board president of Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. But in my uh, yeah, normal. Two weeks ago, I was the creator and owner of a, a brand that creates uh, non-alcoholic uh, uh, botanical drinks. It's called Proto, P-R-O-T-E-A-U. And so we were in the process of, of launching right now. Um, so uh, we, we have a product out on the market now uh, called Love Low Red. That's uh, been out since the fall. Uh, but fortunately for me, I have the ability to, to kind of switch gears a little bit for, for this week. Um, and I also uh, have a book coming out um, in June, a cocktail book. Wow. But that, that all feels very um, trivial <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> exactly. And, and, that's, and that's one thing that I think a lot of people, especially me, are struggling with is the, the whiplash. Like, I kind of can't believe that a week and a half ago where we are now yeah. would have been inconceivable 
so was there a moment for you kind of a turning point when you were just like, Oh shit, like this is bad. Yeah. Uh, it was sort of, uh, it kind of, it was like Friday afternoon. Um, you know, I think everybody last week was sort of like canceling plans and they're like, Ooh, should I go outside? And like everyone, I, I started canceling things and then, I think when the weekend rolled around, people started to like realize they're like, oh crap, you know, I go out to restaurants for, you know, on Friday, Saturday, but like now I'm not going to, like what's going to happen? And so there started to be this trickle of people being, reaching out, asking what we're doing uh, as Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, what our response is. Uh, and sort of Saturday morning was the tipping point where I was like, okay, we need to get something together. So I, I sent an email around to all of the, you know, everyone who, all the volunteers work for us uh, or on the board and on our, our committees, you know, we're an all volunteer organization. And, um, so we had a, an emergency, uh, zoom meeting, uh, which, uh, wasn't really very structured, but the, the, the end result was that we knew we needed to do something, uh, right away. So we jumped into action and we created a separate uh, fund for, for this crisis. Uh, and we structured it, in a way so that 100% of the fund, the, the grants or donations that are given to the fund uh, go back out to to the rest, to the restaurant industry. So um, there's no overhead, no admin fees uh, you know, on our part. So 50% of that's going out to a partner organization called Southern Smoke Foundation. And what they do is they provide um, emergency financial relief to people in the restaurant industry who are facing a, an immediate financial crisis. And it, they have been around for many years and they've been doing excellent work. Um, and so we were able to, to talk to, to partner with them so that when we saw we were getting tons of influx of people asking us for, for assistance, we don't have the operational capacity, you know, to be able to evaluate people's claims and do all that. So we found someone who had been doing it already and now we're throwing our support behind them. So 50% of all of our funds raised uh, will go to them. And like I said, we just, just since Sunday raised 107 what was it, $114,000 from individuals, and we're also talking about uh, very large grants. Uh, we got a half a million dollars from Beam Sunshine today, as well as another uh, $100,000 grant from a private foundation, uh, and so we're talking about the ability to really uh, really help them do, do the work they do, and that, that it's their area of expertise. Um, and then the, uh, 25% of it's going towards uh, organizations that are on the ground that are helping provide this kind of like material uh, support for restaurant workers who are facing uh, uncertain times. So whether that's a, a nonprofit that does mental health support for restaurant workers or, um, you know, supports women or supports, uh, you know, the immigrant community uh, in the restaurant food system and also uh, more kind of like broad-based uh, nonprofits nationally, you know, national nonprofits that are just providing emergency services to people, like food banks and you know those kinds of things that don't specifically focus on restaurant workers, but just because now there's 15 million uh, of of the, because the people in the restaurant industry are now facing a crisis, they're going to be you know hit really hard, and so they need a lot more resources to be able to to do uh, to keep up. And then the the last quarter is going towards a uh, zero a, a program that's going to provide zero interest, uh, no collateral loans to small businesses that are looking to get started back up uh, after this has passed. And I know that it's kind of it feels almost a little like insensitive to start talking about you know the reconstruction, but um, 
So it's not, it's not something we're focusing on right now, but it's basically going to give us an opportunity to help rebuild the community with an eye towards all of the structural issues that we had been working on since before this crisis. So 40% of the restaurant, restaurant industry, uh, people, workers in the industry uh, lived, lived in poverty. And that was two weeks ago. And so oh God. that number is going to skyrocket. And so we have an opportunity to structure the industry so that when everything kind of goes back to normal, it's not just business as usual, we can get that number down to, you know, ideally the percentage should be zero. Well, I mean, I think I, I, I actually don't think it's insensitive to start talking about the reconstruction right now. I think what <laughs> a lack of foresight is kind of what got us into this mess in the totally. first place. Yeah. I think we that's one thing we need to start looking towards. It's one thing that I've noticed a lot just reading, following people like um, Robert Simonson and Natasha David yeah. on social media is – and and Sam Ross from Attaboy is saying, hey, like, thanks for the, you know, air quotes, air quotes, privilege of letting us, you know, put daiquiris in mason jars. How about some tax relief, guys? How about yeah. some rent forgiveness? How about some plan put in place so that once it's safe to go outside again, people have a place to go, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so now all the, the, the all important question here. Um, to our listeners who are having a tough time right now, who are out of work, who are looking for relief, what what can they do? What can your organization uh, provide them? Is there a grant that they can apply for? Is there um, something on the website, some resources that they can turn to? What's yes. what's the best uh, thing they can do after they finish listening to this episode? The, the website is the best place to go for a, a kind of centralized resources location for uh, information about the Southern Smoke Foundation and how to get in touch with them and also just other resources and other um, pieces of information that um, I, don't, I don't think that the government's been doing a great job at getting out to people. So it's been <laughs> uh, organizations like us to be able to really disseminate the, the proper uh, actionable information for people. Um, and so our resource page is uh, it's growing by the second and uh, we're we're working on getting it translated into multiple languages besides English um, so that it's more accessible. Um, and those that's kind of the main the main thing is, is, is restaurantworkerscf.org. Um, so uh, that's the kind of the first line. And then if there's anybody who um, needs, who wants to offer support, we also are work, working on being able to, to, uh, to, accumulate and kind of uh, assemble all of the volunteer opportunities that are going to be popping up for people who can help. Uh, so that's also something we're working on so that people really have a way to not only get help, but also give help and give help in, 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 in different ways because not everyone's always able to give help in the same way. Of course. Yeah. And um, we're, we're at about the halfway point here. So we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, but we'll be right back with John DeBerry from the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. Stick around. Patina Restaurant Group offers unparalleled service in New York's most iconic locations, including Lincoln Center and Macy's Herald Square. Patina is also the exclusive caterer at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. From meetings and presentations in the glass-walled atrium to galas in the renovated palm house and intimate wedding showers at Yellow Magnolia Cafe, your event will be perfectly imagined and customized at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. 
You can also enjoy brunch and lunch at the picturesque Yellow Magnolia Cafe overlooking Lily Pool Terrace. Executive chef Sarah Flynn's unique menu includes modern dishes with global flavors with a focus on local and seasonal ingredients. And we're back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. I'm talking with John DeBerry from the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. And uh, before the break, John, we were talking about um, how people who are hurting can help. But we also touched on what people who now have the time and might not have the financial resources, but have, you know, the resources of their of their their time. And maybe they have a bike or something. What can they do to get involved? Because we're talking about a large group of people here who historically have a lot of energy, who love a mission and who have probably already finished watching The Witcher in Fleabag. And now they're starting to like wonder what what can they do? They want to get out there. They want to get active. What can they do to help? Totally. Um, well, the best way to keep in touch with what uh, volunteer opportunities we're going to be compiling is to go to our website and sign up for our newsletter. Um, that will, you know, we're, we're pumping out as much information as possible, as often as possible. Um, also, our social media is going to have all those updates as well. Um, and the thing about you know, these sorts of things is that the, when there's a crisis, you know, when people are thrown into chaotic situations uh, on a mass scale, it's often the people who are uh, least able to access assistance are the ones who really do need it the most. Um, so, you know, in addition to, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's tough because we're all kind of stuck at home right now, but in addition to sort of trying to repeat the message and get the word out online, also try to reach out to people in your community who may not be able to access the, the internet or have a smartphone or be able to read and write in English uh, or have, uh, you know, the disability that they prevent them from using the internet the same way that, that, that you know, others might. So uh, really just like personally reaching out to people that you know uh, who, 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 you might, who might need help and be helping them get help because I think it's, it's very easy for people to get uh, siloed into their social media world and it feels like, you know, I, I certainly experienced it where it feels like Twitter is the only thing <laughs> that's happening in the world right now. But, um, but to, to, to really uh, get the word out, you know, in a more kind of analog sense uh, and make sure that the people who are working at your favorite restaurant or your favorite bar really know that there's, that there's, there's help out there and, and it's, it, we're a part of it, but you know, there's other organizations that are doing a lot of really valuable work right now. So kind of being that, that network hub to, to get this information offline to people uh, is really important and really valuable. Well, let me ask this. Who, if you, if, if you're a bartender at a restaurant, um, who should you be reaching out to in your restaurant? Like how, what, what's the best way for you to get in touch with um, the people in your community um, I'm thinking particularly of uh, certain employees at restaurants that might not be um, documented, people that are generally more at risk. What's the best way to help the most um, vulnerable people in, in your community if you're a bartender? Right. It's, it's tough because um, the, I think everybody has their own channels of communication with their with their employees and with their colleagues or you know and it's a group text or there's an email thread or you know who knows like slack even um 
<laughs> so I think that it's basically everyone has to tailor their response accordingly. And, you know, if you have people in your community who you know are particularly vulnerable, reach out to them in the way that you usually do. So if you have someone who you need to call in order to get them on the phone and, and communicate something to them, then pick up the phone. Uh, if it's a text, you know, make a text. You know, if people do have email, but maybe you don't have the time to fill out an application for assistance, like maybe you know, give them, a, you know, have, help them with it somehow. Um, even if it's just being on the phone and walking them through it, or um, I mean, there's this. It, it's it's so complicated right now because there's the, all the ways that you could help someone are just like showing up in person for them, and a lot of and right now that's not actually really the best way to, yeah. to be there for someone because you could be putting their health at risk. So it's a very very difficult situation. One, it's it's interesting. It's one of um, I've been. I haven't tweeted in a while. I've started referring to Twitter as the chamber of screams. I really kind of don't <laughs> enjoy online discourse very much. But it is one thing that I've noticed is that as we've been as you know, now that it's dangerous to come into physical contact with someone, you you find these weird little pockets of like compassion and connection online that that I don't think were there before. I think before it was very detached and very, you know, uh, tribal and it still can be, don't get me wrong. Twitter is still, you know, a, a, a planet wide screaming match, but it is, um, comforting. I've found to connect with people via live streams, via, um, yeah, like you said, the Slack channel, stuff like that, just check in with people and make sure they're doing okay. Yeah. Um, you touched a little bit earlier about mental health, which is one thing that I really want to talk about because I feel like in this crisis, it's, you know, obviously imperative that people focus on their physical health and the physical health of others. That is priority number one, but people also have to be sure that they're looking out for their mental health. And I think especially at least from my own personal experience on Tuesday, I started feeling like one of those dogs that you have to walk three times a day or they're going to destroy all the furniture in their house. Um, what are some tips you have out there for restaurant workers to, to keep their head in a good space during this crappy, crappy time? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. It's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, obviously everyone has their own unique, uh, internal landscape uh but we have these uh we have these sort of daily zoom calls with everyone at their at the foundation just to nothing no agenda just to kind of check check in and and hang out a little bit and just you know literally shoot the shit but uh and one of our one of our board members used the term uh, mental safety and i think i like that i like that a lot yeah it's not so much about like mental health it's about you know when, it's about knowing that you're in a risky place and putting structures in place so that you have you know it's like if you're gonna go um, you know rollerblading you put on <laughs> you put on all the pads and elbow guards <laughs> and wrist guards and all that you know you know you're going into a risky situation so you take the preventative steps to to help you if if and when or really really if this should be the mindset if you have an issue that um, that would require uh, you know, a sort of a mental health response. Uh, so, you know, I, it's on the one hand, you know, I, like I said, I, I wish that this wasn't necessary, but it's also been really nice to have something to do to make it feel like I, as though I was not 
powerless at this time, especially considering I've worked, you know, in the industry and know so many people. So I felt very, you know, I feel very, in a weird way, fortunate to have this organization as a, as a thing to do, to do and to feel like I'm a part of something. But that's obviously not the case for, for many people. And so I can't just say, oh, keep busy, you know, because a lot of times keeping busy is a luxury that people don't have at times like this. If you're really looking to, uh, at people who maybe are on their last day of their medication and need to get a refill and don't have you know, any money in their bank account to, to get it or, uh, you know, it, it, all kinds of things that, that, you know, that are way, way less, uh, trivi- you know, way less trivial than people just kind of being bored and, uh, playing Zelda for the, for the first <laughs> time. So I think everyone needs to just be, I think it starts really, I'm not a mental health professional by any means, but I think that um, it starts with uh, just knowing, kind of taking a check, checking in with yourself and knowing, kind of being honest with yourself about what, what you need and being an advocate for yourself. Um, uh, I, I don't know if... I don't know if, if, if she coined this or if I'm quoting her or if I'm, I'm ripping her off, but some, one of my favorite people in the bar industry, her name is uh, Ashton Berry, and she does a lot about community and taking care of yourself and taking care of one another. And there's this, uh, she talks about self-care uh, as a form of like self, as self-advocacy as, as self-care and not just like, you know, doing face masks or whatever, or, you know, having a glass of wine. It was really about sticking up for yourself. And that means a lot of different things. And, um, and also just not, I've worked and talked to and worked with a lot of people this week who are kind of apologetic about taking the time to do what they need to do um, to take care of themselves. And I think that no one should feel sorry for, for taking care of themselves. Absolutely. Because um, if you, if you don't take care of yourself, apologize. how are you going to take care of other people? Right. It's not something to apologize for um, at, 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 on a good day, you know. Uh, so I think it's about putting yourself in a mindset where you're able to kind of do an inventory of what you need to, to feel safe and then being able to advocate for those needs. Absolutely. But se- secure your own mask before helping others, right? Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot. These days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, it's real. It's a real thing. You know, it's a reason why they say that. Yeah, of course. I mean, don't, it's not, it's not the time for heroes, folks. Like you need to make sure that you take care of yourselves. That's, that's priority number one. And then immediately after that, take care of everybody else. Um, I know this is an industry that is built on taking care of people, but you got to make sure you do you first. Um, John, you're doing some great work with the, uh, restaurant workers community foundation. I'm just going to punch that number again or that and name then, again and then, greg actually i had my two o'clock call uh, i got pushed back 10 minutes so if you want to have any more questions oh, I'm well, a little a little bit more uh <laughs> available than i was <laughs> well that is fantastic i was um dang i was really on a roll there too i was like man i'm gonna wrap up on time i never do that Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no it's all good well this i is, this I, is what's happening this week it's every you know every hour it's it's changing. That's, and that's been the hard, one of the hard things I think for me to, it reminds me of, um, there was a, a time in my life a long time ago when I was running, a, a, a let's say less than functional restaurant. And when you, it makes you realize that when you have to do a bunch of extra steps, when things keep changing, when there are 
you know, you have to jump through a bunch of hoops to order liquor or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, place payroll. You just kind of you have these moments where you take stock and you realize how staggering it is, how much time gets wasted by just not having good systems in place, you know, and I think that's yeah. one thing we're yeah, all struggling with. Systems. Say what? Yeah, even if you have great systems, you know, uh, if you have just this, if you're surrounded by the smartest people and you have to just put all the thought into it, you know, I think one of the things that's so um, amazing about people who work in the restaurant industry is that um, they are so, so um, quick yes. <laughs> on their feet, like literally um, quick on their feet, but also it takes a certain kind of intellectual strength to be able to constantly adapt to other people and to constantly being imagining yourself as another person. Uh, and I think that that, that that kind of emotional labor, <clears throat> this is also something Ashton Berry talks about a lot, is that this, the emotional labor that goes into restaurant work is so uh, dismissed. It's not seen as, as work when it really, really is. Um, to be able to, you know, if you have a bad day and, you know, you just want to go home and cry, uh, you have to go into your work and put on a, a, a happy face and, you know, suck it up, basically. And, you know, lack of sick leave and under-spassing makes that even harder for people to be able to, to take what they need to, to, you know, take care of themselves. Um, but that also on the flip side, I think that what this crisis will reveal in addition to just how important restaurants are, you know, it's a wake up call to everyone to say like, this is really, you know, you don't, you don't really know how valuable something is sometimes. Um, not only that, but just to show how amazing the people who, live, who work in this industry are uh, and just really how valuable the work is because I think for a long time the work has been under, undervalued, people have been underpaid. Um, and people, you know, you, you'll see the Yelp review where it's like, oh, well, I, I could buy this, you know, in a store for $5. Like, why am I paying $20 for this, you know, piece of steak or whatever? But, you know, it's there's so much work that goes into it to create this joyful, delicious experience from you know, keeping the lights on literally to, you know, the, the table to the people who are around you. And I think that that work, it, if we don't come out of this with a sense of how valuable that work is on like a national cultural level, then... I feel like that will be a, a, a super missed opportunity um, to really make a case for for the for how vital this restaurant the restaurant industry is. Absolutely, and I I I I'm pretty sure that you can't see the future. Um, if you can, I'm going to be really <laughs> mad that you've been holding out on me for this whole interview. <laughs> um, but uh, I do you foresee some big structural changes coming to the restaurant industry after this as a result of that? Do you think maybe the, really the conversation so. about, yeah. 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 I really hope so. Um, what the exact makeup of those structural changes are is, is still, um, TBD, uh, <laughs> just because, you know, it, it's a, it's a, such a huge problem problem that it's going to take a lot of people working together to make it happen. But, yeah, I kind of think about this in terms of like the um, the 2008 financial crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the financial industry was, you know, everyone saw people at Lehman Brothers and they're walking out of the office and the, the idea of a huge bailout for these banks was just kind of a no-brainer. And now I'm seeing even very progressive uh, lawmakers, uh, some of them are, but not everybody is focusing on restaurant work as sort of a bailout. Uh, and it's really going to take a lot of work on our on our end. And people who have 
big platforms to be able to to advocate for basically like a restaurant bailout um, is what's needed. And if if the if the, the bankers and the you know the people who work in the financial industry if they were if treated the way that restaurant workers were treated, it would be people would be uh, scandalized. You know, but because there are all these factors that contribute to the undervalue undervaluing of restaurant work. Uh, it just sort of is like, oh well, that's just the way it is. Like tough, you know, tough shit. You know, they're working in, you know, they're just a bartender, or they're just a waitress. Like, you know, all these like sort of pejorative ways people talk about people who work in the in the restaurant industry as the sort of a second class thing um, that just needs to stop. And I think that one of the ways to change people's behavior is to uh, change laws. You know, that that is, and it sounds a bit uh, totalitarian, but. No, you know, not at all. It's the way it's got to be. To nudge people in the right direction is to, is to give people, you know, rules. And uh, those rules need to change, um, you know, obviously some kind of single, a national health service or a single payer Medicare for, for all is just like so overdue. And just, it's a, really just like, it's actually like, I'm thinking it's at, at this point, it, the, the for-profit, you know, health insurance industry is a criminal enterprise <laughs> and it needs to be treated as such and eliminated from our economy. So that on a national level, this needs to happen like 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, and that will really help uh, prop up the lives of restaurant workers so that they're not worrying about, you know, if, they, if, they're, if they're sick, they can go get medical attention and not pay $5,000 because they had to go to the ER because they don't have health insurance. Like it's just, it just, the, it's just so absurd to me that this is the way things are. So yeah. that's something I can point to. That's a really discreet thing. And also, also needs, to, needs to include a, a mental health piece as well. It's not just about, you know, being able to go get a physical every year, which is, just should be a human right, but also just being able to have a more robust mental health system in our country, uh, is so, so necessary. Um, and then, yeah, other things just in terms of the, I think that the cultural value and how much people are willing to pay for restaurant food, um, has to change. I think that the uh, prices have been sort of artificially kept low by subsidies, being of the farm bill. You know, I'm not going to go into it because I don't really know a lot about it, but basically these food is seen as very cheap when it actually is rather costly to produce uh, and costly to, to serve to people. So I think that that kind of imagination of what the value of food and the value of food service uh, needs to get elevated uh, by a very, very large degree. Absolutely, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, are there any resources that you would like to plug, um, other than your own, not only for people to get help, but for people to 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 stay active to lobby for these changes that we've been talking about? Well, um, I could list off a laundry, <laughs> a laundry <laughs> I'm sure. list, a laundry list of things, uh, but. Um, God, I mean, it's just it's every it's everything. Like, I, I, not to be too self promotional. No, go but, ahead. That's um, <laughs> that's what we're here for today. Page on our on our website is the best place to go, and you can see everything that we've we've compiled. Um, my husband, who's worked in philanthropy for his entire career, is also on the board, and he's been extremely active this this week, uh, making sure this resource page is completely up to date. Um, and there is, you know, there's so many different ways people can contribute. They can you know, call their lawmakers and demand, you know equitable treatment of restaurant workers uh, during this crisis they can donate money they can you know i think that there's gonna there's gonna be a, a, a this is so new that it's hard to really say well this is the thing you need to do to help so there's just sort of this 
ecosystem right now that's all coming online of a, of a, of a support network. And we're just going to see um, how that, you know, matures and what the contours of that are, uh, I think, in the next few weeks. But um, the best place to go is to is to look uh, at their resource, our resource page on our website because it's got, I'm looking at it right now. And <laughs> I checked in a couple of days ago and now it's just like, it's massive. And if people have the time and the ability to read through it and educate themselves on what's happening. And a lot of times people don't know um, the way people are, are compensated in the restaurant industry. You know, a lot of people aren't aware that there's a, a tipped minimum wage that's different from the federal minimum wage. And it's actually two $2.13. Uh, on the federal level, it never is, it never stops cracking me up how shocked people are when they find that out. It gets yeah. me every time. So if people have time and if people are wanting to feel like they can to help and to kind of do something you know mentally engaging, just get get educated. There's uh, we have on our page tons of statistics, like news items, and I think uh, the one you know kind of silver lining here is that a lot of these these statistics and figures and uh, the problems in the industry that we have been aware of and the reason why restaurant Co workers community foundation exists uh because of those things those are now being thrust into like front page news so be it become an expert on on the, the structural problems with the restaurant industry so you can be a part of not only the support during the crisis but also be uh, part of the uh the solution and, and the rebuilding it's fantastic. <clears throat> well, hey, uh, John, thank you very much for, for joining us. Could, uh, could you give us the web address of the uh, Restaurant Workers Community Foundation yeah, real quick? so it's Restaurant Workers CF. So it's Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. So we just wanted to make it a little shorter. So Restaurant Workers. Makes sense. Letter C and letter F dot O-R-G. Great. Well, hey, thank you so, so much for jumping on a call with yeah. us. I really uh, appreciate not only you taking the time to um, – help our listeners out, but also to, uh, just for, for, for everything, thank you for all of it now. And for however long this crap storm of a crisis goes on for. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for helping me get the word out. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, Hey, take care of yourself, take care of thanks. everybody in you your too. life and, and stay well. All right. Yeah. Likewise. All right. Take care. Right, thank you. One. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. John DeBerry from the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. We're going to have all of his info up on social media for the speakeasy. And hey, listen, before we go, I'm going to tell you all about one more resource that you can turn to if you find yourself needing it in the days ahead. It's called Mind the Bar. It's a mental health and wellness foundation that's dedicated to providing judgment-free support for the resource that we're all carrying between our ears. Because listen, this is going to be rough for a while. And it is so unbelievably important right now that you take care of yourself, not just physically, but mentally too. For now, in most parts of the country, as I'm recording this, it is fine to go on walks so long as you respect six feet of distance around yourself. Please do that. It is super important. Uh, same goes for jogging. If you're not currently a runner, uh, now might be a good time to invest in some sensible shoes. But mostly, just be creative in the way that you can be with others without being around them these days. Because let's be honest, none of us here are in this business for life because we like beer or wine or whiskey. We might, but we really got into it because we like people. 
we like making them laugh. We like making them happy. We like finding ways to brighten their day. So find ways that you can get that in your life. For example, on Tuesday, uh, I played live stream trivia with a bunch of people that I have not seen in years. And I'm the sort of person where if I'm having a great time at a bar and they tell me trivia is starting in 10 minutes, I will pay my tab and leave. But I had an amazing time because for an hour and a half, I wasn't stressed. I wasn't worried about how I was going to make rents at the end of the month. I was in people's company. So please find some way, any way that you can do that for yourself. Things are going to be this way for a long time. So please take care of yourself and take care of each other and wash your hands, you filthy animals. And we'll get through this like we always do together. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's going to save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues. That's him. It's going to get you some in the air. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fair, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please... Join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>